Welcome to Healthcare is Human, a monthly podcast featuring authentic storytelling and healthcare with your host, Dr. Ryan McCarthy. I'm Ryan McCarthy. Welcome to Healthcare is Human. And I'm Renee Nicholson. Renee, we are once again uh, sitting down and uh, we're going to have our guest introduce herself. Hi, I'm Rachel Matherly. I'm a nurse here up on the oncology inpatient unit. And um, Rachel, before we uh, started this interview, um, it seems to have percolated. We were having kind of a West Virginia discussion. Um, Renee, you want to pick it up from there? Sure. So um, just tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you decided to uh, get into healthcare and a little bit about your uh, training experience. Um, so I am originally from Fairmont, West Virginia, born and raised. Uh, my family is there. I went to Fairmont State um, University. I ended up going there for their two-year um, nursing program. I decided to go to Fairmont State, one, because it was close to my family. And like I said, I'm very family-oriented. Um, and two, it, it has a really good nursing program. Um that is easy to get into, easy to, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just a good program. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's kind of a little bit of my backstory. I worked in Morgantown for the first six months of my nursing career. And then my husband and I moved up here to Martinsburg where I currently work at Berkeley Medical Center. So for those of us, uh, our listeners who are outside of, of West Virginia, how would you describe Fairmont? Kind of a thumbnail sketch. Somebody hasn't hasn't been to the Mountain State. They haven't driven down Interstate seventy nine. Um, you're going to describe your hometown in what way? I would say it is very much the like small town feel, especially being situated. It's like sandwiched between Morgantown, which is the big college city, and then. Um, between like Clarksburg, Bridgeport area, which is also slightly bigger than Fairmont. Um, so whenever you're in Fairmont, you definitely feel at home there. Um, everybody knows everybody. Uh, there's the rivalries between the East side school and the West side school. Um, so it, it's definitely like a small town feel. You go to the grocery store, you see your friend, your neighbor, your family. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a good place to grow up. Yeah. Very comfortable. So you're there, you you have your schooling there, you go up to Morgantown, it's about 20, 25 minutes-ish, and now you're over here in Martinsburg, which for our folks outside of West Virginia is in the eastern panhandle, um, two, three hours from the places that you've been before. What sort of things are the same or different working here? Yeah, so I think Martinsburg is is similar to Fairmont in a lot of ways. Um, it's different for me to be here because I don't really have any family in the area. Um, I moved up here with my husband and my in-laws live up here, um, but they're the only ones that, that live up here. So I'm far away from my family, but I still feel um, those family connections with friends that I've made, with family that I've gained that aren't through blood, um, coworkers, you know, things like that. Um, so I, I think it's a lot of the same, um, especially being here at the hospital where it's kind of, everybody starts to know everybody. You make friends, you see people in the hallway, you're familiar with the doctors and the other staff. And I think that's really important to, to have that like small town feel still. So, 
So it's interesting that we're talking about Fairmont. This summer, um, my wife and I have driven there three times. Um, we had um, one of our kids was at, was at a camp there. And in driving the several hours back and forth to Fairmont, um, one of the things that my wife Erica made a comment to our son was that the small town feel of Fairmont reminded her of what Martinsburg used to feel like 20 to 30 years ago. And so when we head west on Interstate 70 to 68 to 79 to Fairmont, you really see a lot of this urban traffic go away and there's a lot more green space. Um, so I found it very interesting to be in central West Virginia here in the summer, um, especially because here in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia, the congestion in terms of people who are moving here from Baltimore and Washington, um, it is really noticeable um, as, as a native of, of here. And I found um, the smaller feel of Fairmont, it, it felt different than the last time I was there. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Um, I don't know Martinsburg from, you know, 20, 30 years ago, of course. Um, but it does seem a little bit more congested. I can definitely see that with it being close to, you know, Virginia, Maryland, D.C., all the areas. Um, so, yeah, Fairmont is definitely a little bit smaller. Um, the drive to Fairmont is beautiful, like you said. You know, you see the the green mountains and the hills and it's it's not a bad drive to take, so yeah, I I miss it. <laughs> so how do you think that kind of small town feel, even here being a, a little more hectic with some you know newer folks coming in? But how does that small town feel translate into the hospital or or the work that you do in the oncology section? So I think that growing up in the city that I did and being from where I'm from um, plays a big part in how I'm a nurse and where I choose to work as a nurse. Um, part of what I like about Berkeley Medical Center and especially the oncology unit is that we're only eight beds um, and it's a smaller hospital. So a lot of times we'll have the same patients or we'll have repeat patients that come back. Um, and so it's really nice to kind of get these connections with them, which is kind of what I draw for my, you know, smaller hometown growing up. Um, you know, connections are important and being relatable and understanding um, as a nurse is important. So I think, um, yeah, I, I think it played a big part in, in why I chose to work here. And um, I think our patients can definitely tell, you know, that we care um, and that we, we want those connections with them. So. Now, before we started this interview, we were, of course, uh, when, when Fairmont came up, we were talking about Italian food and pepperoni rolls. And um, I've had many people from central West Virginia, and I've, I've jokingly called Interstate 79 south of Morgantown, the Spaghetti Corridor, because um, there's so many great places to stop. Um, do you find that you you miss that? Was that were were some of those things a big part of your experience growing up in Fairmont? Absolutely. Um, anybody from Fairmont, Morgantown, anybody that even is driving through Fairmont has heard of Muriel's, which is the big Italian place. Um, they have literally the best Italian food. Colasesinos is also another well-known place. They have really good pepperoni rolls. And then there's Yan's Hot Dogs, which I think might have closed down. Um, but anybody that like knows Paramount knows of Yan's Hot Dogs and getting chocolate milk with them. And so, yeah, I miss all of that for sure. But I'm hoping to find similar places here in Martinsburg. Yeah, it's those places. Um, 
I've also been to Yan's. Very delicious. I think that one of the kids may have taken it over or somebody may have, um, but don't quote me on that. Um, I'm up in Morgantown, you know, it takes, the news takes a little bit to get up there. So also when we were, um, preparing to, to talk, you told us that you graduated in 2020 from nursing school. Tell us a little bit about that experience and, and, you know, what it was like to, to walk out of nursing school and then face probably the biggest health crisis, you know, of, of this century. So I'm not going to lie, graduating in 2020 was not the best experience. Um, You know, it being my last semester of nursing school, one of the things we're looking forward to is our clinicals, like finally being one-on-one with the preceptor in the hospital, getting this hands-on experience. And then once COVID hit, they just like completely shut that down. They stopped letting students in the hospital. So we had to finish all of our um, clinicals online, which is not even remotely close to how um, it is in person. Um, we didn't get a pinning ceremony or a graduation or any of that stuff. So it, it definitely um, was frustrating um, that we couldn't, you know, the things that we're looking forward to all throughout school didn't happen. Um, and then it's also scary because you're graduating and you know that there's this giant pandemic just like looming over your head. And it's hard, first of all, as a, as a new grad nurse, um, just going into the working field, not having a ton of experience. Um, and then it's also hard as this new grad nurse having to deal with COVID and all the, the regulations and the, the, you know, sick patients and everything like that. Um, it's definitely an adjustment and it's also interesting because that's all I've known for my entire nursing career is COVID. Um, so now that people don't have their masks on, I'm like, what the heck is, is going on? Like, Oh, people actually have nice smiles. And like, I can't recognize you without the mask on. So that was like interesting for me. I thought that once the mask came off, I was like, okay, now, now I can be the nurse that I always envisioned without this, uh, you know, pandemic looming over my head. So, so when you describe the hospital getting back to its normal self, cafeteria is open, people are not wearing masks. Um, it sounds like that experience was strangely wonderful uh, for you. Whereas at the beginning, the pandemic may have just been strange. Um, having survived this experience and come this far, do you feel like as difficult as it was to start in a pandemic, do you feel like, Hey, I could, I can do whatever now. Like I, I, do you feel like you have that, you know, that the, the power, if you want to, if I can use that word for a second, that only comes from surviving and living through a tumultuous time time at this point, do you feel like whatever comes in my career, I'm going to be able to deal with it? Yeah, I definitely think it made all of us that worked, you know, through, uh, COVID have much more of a backbone than we might not have if we didn't experience that. Um, it, made us prioritize things differently because, you know, COVID put things in this perspective where um, you didn't just have to worry about comorbidities that are just specific to West Virginia, like a lot of times um, high blood pressure, diabetes, things like that. And I had COVID COVID to add to the mix. Um, So I, I feel like I can do anything. I don't know if that's true or not, but I think having experienced it, I'm like, okay, I, I got this. I can be a good nurse. <laughs> I love this. I got this, right? Yeah. 
So what were some of the things that as you were going through that experience that you did for yourself that like kind of bolstered you to be able to come back in, you know, day after day, even though the pandemic was going on? So for me, um, I definitely did a lot of self-care at home. Um, you know, it's just me and my husband, so I don't have any kids to worry about, which is in itself, you know, uh, a nice thing during a pandemic like this. Um, so whenever I could go home, I would just relax. Um, I would try not to get mad at my husband cause he would work, uh, remotely. And I'm like, I can't do that cause I'm a nurse. I have to be there. Um, but I would, you know, just, just drink wine and snack and take a bath and do all of the self-care things. And I think it definitely helped refresh my mind and, body for the next shifts to come. You know, Rachel, that really makes me smile. And that, that is in stark contrast to some of the days that I had uh, <laughs> going home to the chaos of my house. It actually really makes me smile. And uh, those simple self-care things, it's, uh, it's amazing. I think um, at this point in my career, I don't, uh, I don't take any of those things for granted anymore. Those small, simple things of I'm going to shake off my day by doing something for me even if it's just a fresh air or a walk, take my dog out, speak to my spouse. You know, sometimes it's the right time to go. Let's go out to dinner. Let's not cook tonight. Or no, let's just stay in and sit on the couch and watch a movie. Um, yeah, the self, self-care. self And when we think about self-care uh, for healthcare workers, Renee, what are some of the themes that, that you think of that are going to be challenges and opportunities going forward? Well, I think, um, you know, a lot of people did um, indulge in self-care, both inside and outside of healthcare. Um, you know, and I, one of the things I've been thinking about is how, how do you keep that going forward when it's easy, you know, things go back to quote unquote normal, right? And so how do we keep perpetuating these good habits, the, you know, this one thing that got you through really difficult times, like how do you make that a, a part part of your daily life. I've, you know, um, been talking to some folks who've been journaling, who've been painting. We talked to somebody who has been crafting, right? Those kinds of activities that just sort of allow for free self-expression. So I don't know if you have thoughts on that or if you can see yourself even just doing the simple self-care things or you're like, no, I'm going to prioritize this more. So maybe you could speak to that a little bit. Um, So I definitely think even without the pandemic, um, self-care is so important. Um, I still do all of the things that I listed earlier, um, even more so now that we don't have COVID, um, you know, my husband and I will go out to eat or we'll go, you know, play disc golf or, you know, something like that where we can be outside or hang out with friends that we couldn't do, um, during the pandemic. So if anything, I think my self-care might've even gotten better since, we don't have the pandemic, even though I might not need the self-care as much as I did during the pandemic, if that makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. And I, th- I think in viewing those simple things, I find that I don't take them for granted anymore. You know, the idea of uh, last night I, I went for a walk and, and got ice cream and it was so pedestrian and, and boring, but at the same time, wonderful and amazing because I will not I hope, Renee, I think you're right. It's easy It's easy to forget when the crisis is over. You know, we could slip into old habits and just take things for granted. But I think that is the real challenge in healthcare. You know, I can't speak to other industries or sectors, but to try to keep that going as we return to these, this life AC after COVID, 
um, I think that is a big challenge. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think about areas like oncology where, um, you know, the, it's you have to have a certain um, emotional resilience to do that kind of work. Right. So, you know, I, I'm always curious to know what is it that draws people to uh, specialties like that? What keeps you in it? Right. Like what what are what are the things that make you um want to keep coming in day after day and working with these particular patients and, and those, um, particular in, in a setting like, like the BMC. Um, so I'm not going to lie. It's definitely hard. <laughs> um, usually the first thing, if I tell people what kind of nursing I do, I say oncology and they're like, Ooh, like, I'm sorry that that's tough. And I'm like, yes, it is hard. Um, emotionally, physically um, it can be draining but it's so so rewarding Um, especially being here uh, working on such a small unit like I said we get a lot of repeat patients or we'll see family members out and about and um, it's just so rewarding to see them we hate to see them come back but also you know it's nice to catch up Uh, like I said they're like family um, whenever there are patients Uh, but it it is also very hard to see them decline um, with either their diagnosis or, or whatever. Um, a lot of times we all check the obituaries like daily. Um, and you know, we'll, we'll have obituaries posted in our break room of patients that really were meaningful to us. And, um, I think a lot of times we, we keep a a piece of all of our patients in our hearts and, you know, we know them by names. And I think that's so important. Um, and it, it makes it worth it worth all the tears and the the struggles and you know hugging the wives of patients just diagnosed with you know cancer or whatever it is um it, it's hard but it's worth it it's absolutely worth it now uh rachel i guess one last um kind of a comment and question um i've had friends and colleagues uh in nursing who over the last quarter century i've had some of my friends who say you know the first part of my career i, I tried day surgery and then after that i did some er and then I was on this unit, and they had to sample some things before they were like, you know what, it wasn't until I was in the cath lab or the ICU where I found my people. So your career is only a few years in, and, you know, none of us are trying to predict the future, but um, from where you stand today, I mean, do you feel like, do you feel like you've found your people in your niche? Because um, many people we have we have interviewed have said, oh, there's no doubt that what I'm doing now is what I was called to do. I mean, do you have any of those kind of feelings? Yeah, I definitely feel like this is my home um, on the oncology floor, whether it be here or maybe eventually, you know, outpatient infusion center, something I think oncology related or even hospice related. Um, that's that's where I, I feel my my heart is and where I want to be. Um, and, and working here at Berkeley Medical Center um, with all of the my coworkers and everything, they really make a difference as well. Um, the people you work with and the people you're working for. And I just, I love it here. I love the community and I hope I'm here for a long time. (laughs) Any final thoughts, Renee? Actually, I hope you're here for a long time too. Um, I think it's, uh, really rewarding, um, to hear about people who find their niche, find their people, um, you know, wherever it is. And, uh, so uh, I'm just glad to know that you're here helping those patients. You've been listening to Healthcare is Human. 
And now it's time to head over to our Healthcare is Human teammate, Renee Nicholson. In her day job, she is the director of the Humanities Center at West Virginia University. As an essayist, a writer, and a poet, Renee has written original poems for Healthcare is Human, and she's going to read one for us now. This poem is titled Eucalyptus. Nate had a stuffed koala bear that had no name. As kids, we went to the Metro Zoo to see the koala exhibit. In the eucalyptus tree, the animal napped. Heavy-lidded, Nate snoozes. Chemo works its alchemy. And Nate is a koala, sleeping 23 hours a day, slipping from that slumber into a semi-lucid wakefulness, focused on the consumption of calories. Eucalyptus works as both sustenance and drug, the koala both full and stone, ears alert to predator, or whatever koalas might fear, hidden within the tree's leaves. Nate's wrapped in an afghan, our mother crocheted to keep her worried hands busy. Chemo's a constant drip, not the hour or so of gorging leaves. Down under, Koalas live among the other marsupials. Down under, the patients stay tethered by tubes to trees of fluid packs and monitors, all drowsy like koalas perched in branches, the rhythmic paths of sleep breathing, eyes shuttered, hands clasped together as if in some kind of prayer. You've been listening to Healthcare is Human, a signature program of the Humanities Center at West Virginia University and inspired by the hardworking medical staff at the Berkeley Medical Center in Martinsburg, West Virginia. Healthcare is Human is created and hosted by Dr. Ryan McCarthy, audio engineered by Kim Mattioli, and features incredible photography by Molly Humphreys. View her world-class portfolio by searching for Piccadilly Posh. Financial support for Healthcare is Human is provided by the West Virginia Humanities Council, WVU Foundation, WVU Medicine, WVU Health Science Center Eastern Campus, and generous donors in West Virginia. The Healthcare is Human podcast also features poetry by Renee Nicholson and music by Isaac McCarthy. Special thanks to Jared Sims and Robert Sears at WVU College of Creative Arts, David Smith at the WVU Reed College of Media, Sally Brown of Art in the Libraries at WVU, and Corey Garman of Experience Art and Exhibitions for their contributions to the Healthcare is Human project. You can find Healthcare is Human on Facebook and Instagram and on TED.com. Thanks for listening to Healthcare is Human. And remember, next time you go to a clinic, hospital, or medical facility, Take a moment and remember that healthcare is human. human.